Godfather. I, I'm disappointed in my own life that I haven't seen it, but I'm not ashamed that I haven't seen the full start to finish of The Godfather. I'll see, about you, I'll see you at, on Sunday. I'll see you on Sunday morning at my house. We'll do it before the Super Bowl. Maybe instead of the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's that important. <laughs> no, no. Okay. But leading up to the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Are we but allowed I'm to a, even say Super Bowl? Yeah, I you know, you can say it. I don't think you can promote any sort of contest that come down uh, for the yeah. Mm, yeah I, I don't party think, that somehow, we're having and win a prize. I hear Doug Gottlieb every day, except he doesn't say Super Bowl. It's one of my favorite Gottliebisms. I like Doug a lot. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah you Bowl, played yeah. in the Super Bowl. Okay, well. S O U P. Which Soup Bowl is that? <laughs> I ne- I've never heard him say Super Bowl. It's yeah. well, you won the Soup Bowl two years ago. You know that type of thing. But we have a, a busy show today. Part of which deals with Chaplin's silent classic, The Gold Rush. Oh, in which he eats a shoe. He's so hungry up in the Yukon. And he gets hungry and doesn't he kind of boil up a shoe? It's a famous scene. In silent film, in the Chaplin uh, body of work in film history, he eats a shoe. I, I, I don't know about that. But oh. the reason why I was, I was looking at Twitter yes. and a few things, and my head popped up when you said Chaplin was because as part of uh, the movie in a minute this morning, wasn't Chaplin and a couple of other those old, old stars that you always referenced, they yeah. all got together and created United Artists on this day. Wow, I didn't know United Artists was had to do that went that far back. That they were artists that united yeah. to create a, a film company. Chaplin ate a shoe in the gold rush. And this morning I read in Jason Quick's story following one of the more unlikely victories of this or any Blazer season was last night in yeah. Philly. Yeah. When Shacker during the Beaver win over Washington was giving me oh, Blazers up eighteen. I said, No, they're not. What are <laughs> no. you, they're in Philly and they have no players. They're not up eighteen. Right. He goes, Well, no, they are. And so I was kind of just curious about that. And, and today's headline, the night when C.J. Ellaby, Blazers, shocked the NBA and made a fan eat a shoe. Now, we don't have time to explicate that now, but it got me thinking of Chaplin and Gold Rush. And it also got me thinking about Jim Shaw, yeah. who, will, who will be in town later today to practice as an assistant to Kyle Smith and the Cougs, former assistant to Jimmy Anderson, and a coach of C.J. Ellaby's last year. Jim will join us here in just a minute or two. Then, Scott. Scott Barnes at 11.30. We had to shift him from the 11.05 slot to 11.30. Scott at 11.30. Tim Ewis at 12.05. And a lot of interesting things regarding Super Bowl 54, uh-huh. uh, 55 and the Mike Remmers matchup against uh, John Paul Pierre and that offensive, defensive front for Tampa Bay. And then... Wally Remmers, yeah. Mike's dad, poolside in Tampa at 12.30. When I texted him to arrange the time, can you do this? He says, yep, yeah, all I'm doing is just sitting at the pool. I'm poolside in Tampa. I'm happy for him and nice. happy that he'll be joining us. So that's the show. Jim Shaw is next. We won't get into the gold rush eating a shoe type thing, but a guy said, if this, this, and this happens, I'll eat a shoe, and it was all over Twitter last night. He ate a shoe, and C.J. Ellaby made a spectacular almost debut. He'd played 44 minutes, but he played great basketball last night, 31 minutes at, at last night with 15.7 rebounds, two blocks, a steal, and assist, flying around, making plays. We'll talk to Jim Shaw about that and other things with Coach Shaw next on 1240 Joe Radio. 
It's hard to find something for everyone, except at Woodstock's Pizza. Woodstock's Pizza has pizza for all, starting with your choice of four different crust options, including cauliflower and gluten-free. Then choose from six different sauces, including vegan and dairy-free, plus your choice of over 35 fresh toppings. Then choose pickup or delivery. Notice how I keep saying choose and choice? That's because Woodstock's Pizza really is pizza for all. Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. We have a, a big game tomorrow between the Beavs and Cougs at Gill Coliseum. Our pregame show will get underway at 2.30 with a 3.10 tip. And while in a very real sense that pits our next guest in a bit of a rivalry mode with us because he's helping his Cougars to prepare to try to go 15-0 and against Northwest schools, which is an unbelievable number in its own right, after a win last night for Washington State, at Matthew Knight Arena beating Oregon, and after the Beavers handled Washington impressively last night, 91-71, it shapes up, I think, to be a very compelling game, as the first one was this year between the two schools. Jim Shaw, an assistant for Washington State, former assistant at Washington. Uh, He's traveled a bit, but one of his first stops as he was beginning his coaching career was right here in uh, in our world with Jimmy Anderson in the Pac-10 championship season of 89-90 and the second year for Jimmy in 90-91. It's a pleasure to welcome former Beaver assistant coach, now with Washington State, Jim Shaw, to the Joe Beaver Show. Coach, good morning. Thanks for taking time. It always feels better the next day after a win. So congratulations and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, good to catch up with you guys. Yeah, did did you get a chance yet to connect with Jimmy? I know he has always meant a lot to you, still does. You talk often. Did you get a hold of Coach yet today? You know, I called him right after we got off the phone, and no one answered, so I'll call him again when I get on the bus. What does, Jim, in all your travels, in all your years, and I mentioned – this was one of your first stops in your long, distinguished career in, in various stops around, but mostly out here in the West. But to be with Jimmy in those two years early in your coaching career, what were those years like for you? Well, it, it meant the world to me. Having grown up on the north in the Northwest, Oregon State basketball was just a, a, a phenomenal thing. I mean, the consistency of excellence that they had for all those years. And I remember coming in and, and the celebration of Coach Miller and the retirement of him and helping coordinate that and just seeing all the people that came back and not just people from Oregon State, but people from all over the basketball world um, was just, I mean, for me, it just meant the world and, and all those guys. And it, it gave me an opportunity to see what really big-time basketball was about, and it certainly wasn't much bigger time than it was then with Gary and conference championship and, like I said, Coach Miller retiring and, and everything that tied into it. It was it was a great experience. And, Jim, Jimmy Anderson himself, I, I think people who really know the history of Beaver basketball know how integral, vital, important he was to that run in the 80s that you're referring to in so many great years as the lead recruiter. And you've been on the recruiting trail for a long time. So, Jimmy, what he brought to those teams was was vital, wasn't it? Well, he was so 
so incredibly devoted to Oregon State. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, he was uh, the uh, consumer fever, and he just had a he had a passion for Oregon State that was uh, obvious for anyone that was ever around him. And I think when you have that type of a passion, and it's genuine and sincere as his was that it transcends to people and, and people can sense it and feel it. And, and then the continuity that they had together, he had a great feel for, for what Coach Miller liked or wanted or needed and, and uh, certainly a good team. And, and he, was, uh, he was a vital part of the success. Jim Shaw, assistant coach for Washington State, joining us. What really... Jim, I always enjoy visiting with you and seeing you when we when the opportunity presented itself in years past. But, and you've been a guest with us before, what really sparked me, the timing couldn't be any better to visit with you about your days here, sparked by what I saw last night during our win up over Washington, and you guys were getting ready to play Oregon. You said you learned at halftime, just a quick note, somehow at halftime of your game, what began to, as the athletic puts it today, the night when C.J. Ellaby and Blazers shocked the NBA and made a fan eat a shoe. That's a story in its own right. But you coached C.J. last year and your guys' first year together in Pullman with Kyle Smith as the head coach. And so you had a chance to coach this young man when you heard that he was breaking through as a blazer last night in 31 minutes of action. How did you learn that, and what are some of your thoughts about that? Um, I heard about it at halftime of our game and was just really, really excited. CJ is about as good a human being and as good a teammate, as good a guy as you can be around. And for him to be able to break through this early in his career, it won't be the last time. But I promise you he'll be the same guy today that he was the 10 games prior to where he didn't even play. I mean, he's just, he's a guy that's really, really happy. He's energetic. He's positive. He's going to have a really good impact on a team. He's going to have a really good pro career. Yeah, it, the article in The Athletic today just said that C.J. was everywhere. And that was the sense that I got watching the Beavers play against him, Jim. You know, I wasn't real thrilled to see all the things that he did on the floor when I'm calling games hoping the Beavers win. But I knew the kid had something special. What about that aspect of how he fills up the line, but how in that sense he's just everywhere on the court? Yeah, well, he's totally fearless. And so, therefore, that that helps a bunch. Um, I wouldn't say he's reckless, but he is fearless and plays with a, a really, really high level of energy. He's an outstanding rebounder. He's always around the ball, and uh, and the ball finds him. He'll get steals. He just he's got a good nose for the ball, and, and he plays with relentless energy. Seems like you have another guy, and I don't want to get too much into the matchup tomorrow, but another guy in that mode the last couple of years you've had a chance to coach, and he's amazing to watch play, too, is Isaac Bonton. Are there some similarities just in terms of the way they attack the game? Um, you know, not really. They're totally different players. Right. Um, CJ is uh, a really, really good rebounder. 
I mm-hmm. mean, people, I think he had seven last night. People will be shocked at how good a rebounder he is. And Isaac is a scorer. Now, CJ scores too, but I mean, Isaac is a scorer. Yeah. And yeah. his game feeds off of his ability to score. Now, he's a pretty good defender at the top of the floor, but he'll hear this when we meet later on today. He's a. He he's, he's he doesn't like to go back and chase rebounds, but yet you need him as he gave up 15 second chance mm-hmm. or second shots last night. We need him to step back and, and and help us on the glass a little bit. But what I think is is a significantly improved player from a year ago, and yeah. he's a more efficient player than he was a year ago. He's got he's still got some highway ahead of him to get to where CJ is as a complete player. Um, but in terms of an improved player, he's very much an improved player. And he's, you know, as good a scorer, I would think he's pretty close, if not as good a scorer as anyone in the conference. Yeah, and I understand in making the comparison to CJ that we're talking about different kinds of players altogether, but there's an aspect or a quality to both of them. Maybe when Isaac's on the attack offensively that I just feel like there's a relentless nature to him that he's going to find a way. He's never going to stop moving. And that that's how it reminds me a little bit of Ellaby. Yes. Isaac's going to attack like CJ does in terms when he has the ball in his mm-hmm. hands. He just doesn't. Uh, CJ's attacking all the time. When you, the other team has the ball and the right. shot goes up on the rim, all those things. And Isaac's in attack mode when he has the ball, we're coming down at yeah. gun offense. Yeah. Jim Shaw joining us. Now, in terms of a guy that could impact both ends of the court, we're kind of moving back from the past to the present and tomorrow's game and last night's to 1990. I want to ask you about a guy that I have said many times on this show and other shows through the years, I think is the greatest guard, complete player, that the conference has ever seen. And I'm talking about the PCC, the Pac-8, the Pac-10, the Pac-12, and that's Gary Payton at Oregon State. Jim, you were around him for that amazing year in 89-90. What are some of your thoughts about Gary, how he impacted a game, what he was like to be around in practice, road trips, et cetera? Yes. Um, Well, I've coached – over 20 NBA players throughout my career, which is an unbelievable blessing and opportunity to see really, really good players and all-stars and slam-dunk champions and three-point champions and teams that played on world championships and the rookie of the year and multiple all-stars. I can go on and on. But without question, Gary's the best player that I've ever coached. And, again, Without going into a detailed list, guys like Brandon Roy, Isaiah Thomas, are some pretty good players on that list. But there's no question in my mind that Gary Payton is the best player, um, the best player that I've ever coached. And Jim, why? How? I mean, if that's, I, I agree with. I mean, I, I don't doubt you. But why do you say that? What were the qualities that make you say that about Gary? Um, well, he had an impact on the game that, that um, I mean, his impact on the basketball game was felt everywhere. As soon as we had the ball, bang, he had an impact because he's arguably one of the five best passers in basketball history. I don't think you can get much deeper than that 
without him being on there. So he's an unbelievable passer. And so he put pressure on the other team as soon as the ball hit his hands. And it hit his hands a lot. He's a phenomenal rebounder. Um, I mean, he led us in scoring, rebounding, assists, steals, hitting and blocks, but I think basically everything else on a team that won the league. Scored 58 against SD, 50 against Loma. Um He was a dominant level defender. He was a dominant level offensive player. He had a tremendous basketball IQ. He never turned it off. You know, people laugh. You know, when, when did he turn it on? Well, I don't know. He never turned it <laughs> off. I mean, he had a, a reservoir of physical energy that was incredible. Um, he was very, very feisty, uh, played with reckless abandon, emotion, enthusiasm, all those things. He, uh, I, I, he's just the best player I've ever coached. Hmm. And I've stayed in contact with him over the years, and it's, uh, um, I mean, it's something that I cherish, just the memories of what it was like to be out there with him. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Jim. Jim Shaw with us for a few more minutes, assistant coach at Washington State. Final thing on Gary in those years. Ralph Miller in his own book either, I don't know if it's admitted or just shared that in terms of players that he would occasionally let (laughs) give a little more room to outside the beautiful system so to speak, Gary had some of that, right? I mean, you know, Jim, how important system basketball to Ralph and to Jimmy uh, is but did you sense that, that you know, we, we did things oh, a certain yeah. way, but Gary had a yeah, little more latitude? <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you can't, uh, you can't box him in. I mean, he had such a great feel for the game and, and had such elite vision and, and was a tremendous decision maker. And, and Coach Miller and Coach Anderson, I mean, they were wise enough to realize that we were riding that horse, and it was a pretty good ride. Yeah, and final thing on just basketball systems and so on, Jim, all the influences. You played for Jim Botan, a legendary coach. I'm wondering, in your own view and vision of things, uh, you, your uh, free-throw rehab clinic's getting a lot of run on the Pac-12 network of late and in articles. So you've learned a lot from some great basketball minds and developed one in your own right through all the years. Who are the biggest influences and shapers of how you approach, whether free-throw uh, clinics or passing, defending, et cetera? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to go in order of chronology and kind of uh, touch on the various things. It, you know, starting in Oregon State, uh, the importance of having a system that was based on fundamentals and repetition, you know, did the same exact thing every day keeping things simple enough. It wasn't a matter of what you know. It's a matter of what you're able to get them to know and execute. And then a uh, huge emphasis on ball security. That was a big thing there. And then on speed, quickness, length, athleticism. So I would say those things, seeds got planted at Oregon State. Um, when I was with Rob Chavez, University of Portland, he was just a really, really, really organized guy, and so developing a system of organization which could hold myself accountable and then other people if and when necessary. And then, um, you know, with Coach Sampson, probably 
uh, tying the culture and identity of your program into something that you believe in that's part of your personality and and for his programs and, and truthfully for myself too, even though our personality is very different, that was just a toughness level that you need and uh, and camaraderie that that builds through utilizing that as a big part of your identity. And then from Coach Bennett at St. Mary's, just player development, year-round player development, year-round skill development, working on shooting all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, Coach Lomar at Washington, you know, we had so many NBA players and just really, as much as anything, what a collection of talent like that able to do on game night. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as, as we try to figure out all these little intricacies. I mean, we never had a team with less than three NBA players on the floor at one time while I was there, and the average was about four. And those guys can solve a lot of problems that you can't as a coach. That's that's great stuff, Jim. I, I hope you can't solve Oregon State tomorrow. That's all I'll say. But our, like you, like me, Jim, I think you said in that 14-0 and run, all but one have been down to the wire pretty tight games. I would think tomorrow's going to be a pretty competitive battle again, too. You know, that's what we hope. We just want to be in position to have a chance. Oregon State's playing really well. They're a totally different team than we saw them early in terms of who they're playing, how much they're playing. Uh, what positions guys are playing, and, and I think really there's a, arguably them and and maybe UCLA are the most improved teams in the league and from the start of the season to now, and so it'll be a huge challenge, but hopefully we can be in position like we were last night with a chance to win with four minutes to go. You're on the road, you got a chance with four minutes to go. That's, right. that's always a good thing. Coach, thanks for the time, Jim. Good to touch base with you. Hope to see you tomorrow at Gill Coliseum. Thanks for joining us. Say hi to Jimmy for all of us yeah. here, too. We appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, you guys. Thanks, Jim. Jim Shaw, our guest, Scott Barnes, is next. Tim Ewis and Wally Remmers to come on the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill has temporarily moved outside. Tommy's has put up a bunch of heaters and has set up outside in their covered patio, offering their entire breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu and a full bar. Also, the video lottery is back on in the bar at Tommy's and available every day. Stop by and support the staff at Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street, downtown Corvallis, a local favorite for over 20 years. Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your Tax and Wealth Management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kids' college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and Wealth Management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit TaxAndWealthManagement.com or call 5 Five four one seven five three forty one eighty five to get in the game. We set them up, you knock them down. Island Ball, family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Bowl. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food, good fun, that's Highland Bowl. We set them up. Street Corvallis.
Looking for something really special for Valentine's? Donabella Fine Lingerie in Corvallis has 20% off all panties. At Donabella, you'll find lasting and treasured gifts like beautiful sleepwear, cozy robes, and fabulous lingerie for your Valentine. Top it all off with jewelry to make her glitter or lotions to soothe her skin. Donabella Fine Lingerie in Corvallis has 20% off all panties just in time for Valentine's Day. Gift certificates and free gift wrapping. Donabella on 2nd Street in Corvallis. Your local Qdoba Mexican Eats plays an important role in serving our communities and will continue to provide access to freshly prepared food during this challenging time. While dining rooms are temporarily closed, all of your local Qdoba locations in Salem, Corvallis, Eugene, and throughout Oregon are ready to serve you with their same great flavors, making sure to take all safety precautions out of concern for their dedicated workers and valued customers. For quick and easy takeout ordering, call ahead to your locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats for curbside pickup. You can also use the app or order online at Qdoba.com. Middleton Heating has been here helping you for over 71 years, 24 hours a day. Middleton can repair, replace, or maintain all types of heating and cooling equipment. Heating unit troubling you? Need repairs or replacement? Give Middleton Heating a call. For new equipment, Equipment Middleton offers several financing options and participates in state, federal, and manufacturer incentive programs. Don't forget Middleton's custom sheet metal shop is still taking orders, large or small. You can count on Middleton for all your heating, cooling, and sheet metal needs online at middletonheating.net. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. It wasn't that long ago that I had the opportunity to visit with our next guest, Vice President and Director of Athletics, Scott Barnes. And it was halftime of last night's game. And as we bring Scott in on a day yesterday, Scott, my sense was it was a huge day, a great day for Oregon State University. And up 12 at halftime as the Beavers were, all you and I wanted to see to end the day was a win. How about a 20-point win last night? Oh, fantastic. And and as we talked, you know, that – Assist turnover ratio. They're really uh, finding their identity defensively as well, taking care of the basketball. Uh, really playing well at this point. Uh, good, good, uh, good things are coming. Yep, Scott, I, I have a. You know, we all have a lot of questions on the the wonderful news that came out yesterday. But one that amazes me is that someone would give fifty million dollars and not want any <laughs> notoriety. Is there? I mean, would they come out maybe down the road? Or is it going to be that this is the biggest uh, athletic donation that goes uncredited, um, if you will, f- forever? You know, John, again, it's, it, it is the uh, donor's prerogative. And, and, you know, different donors have different uh, reasons for those, uh, you know, when it, or if they want to make announcements. And so... We'll leave that to the donor. Uh, would they at some point want to uh, disclose their name? Possibly. Um, uh, it is possible. Uh, but that'll be, uh, obviously, we'll want to honor their wishes as well as they, they would like. Absolutely. And and it's fantastic. I mean, I, I just think that it would be great if they got credit, but if that's what they want, then more power to them, absolutely. Yep. Is it... Yep. Uh, how much of a relief is it? Because I know you've been working on this for a long time. Yeah, what's what's actually uh, more than relief is fun. It's fun to be able to finally talk about this in, in real terms. And obviously, the uh, the 
foundation of, of that is the $50 million gift and the $10.5 $10. million additional uh, gift and the other folks who have stepped up all, uh, you know, it helps move this forward greatly. And, and then uh, the Board of Trustees uh, Stacey one approval allows us to talk about it, not tippy-toe around it. And that's important, and it's, it's a lot of fun because now, now we have an opportunity to um, crank up the momentum and, and get this thing to finish line. Have you gotten to the design phase yet, or can we still? Are you going to still be peppered by all kinds of suggestions by people, or can you say, "Nope, it's already been designed"? No, it is. We are turning the page from schematic to design development. That means that we'll start construction drawings later uh, in the spring. Um, other than you know, a couple tweaks and finishes, and some of the things that you uh, make decisions on later. No, it, it is uh, nearly complete as it relates to design. So I have no say in anything that <laughs> goes in. I'll let you. I'll let you design your seat on the media level. I just, I just beg that yeah. you went to someone. I, I hope you that you went to someone. For the press box. Well, on that, I know I know we're kind of laughing about it, John yeah. and Scott. We appreciate your thoughts on this, but this is very thorough in nature. I remember getting a call a year ago, year and a half ago, maybe from Steve Fink uh, about, oh. "Hey, in a press box, asking me, you know, he, Parker, what kind of things do you like, or what kind of windows, or what kind of..." So I I feel as though, and and I gave him my input. I don't know how much will be implemented. But, Scott, I get a sense that attention to detail on this project gets to that level. Well, I appreciate bringing that up, Mike, because it does, uh, aside from, from John's needs uh, uh, to figure out what kind of cushion chair he needs, and maybe a little wallpaper or something. But um, we do, uh, literally, every user group uh, goes into a, into a programming mode. What, how much room do you need? How much space do you need? Where do you need the window? Where do you need the desk? Uh, and so in, in every user group that we have that will populate the stadium from coaches to media to fans to others, we've, we've uh, had them weigh in uh, to help, uh, help with the programming. And in terms of the premium seating that you alluded to, Scott, I get it. We had a couple of texts and calls yesterday saying, well, you know, are there any Lowe's or Skybox or type suite options? I don't know whether you're ready yet to talk about specifics, but I've also gleaned that the, the premium seating rollouts have come also from a lot of input from fans and a lot of different people. Is that accurate? It is, Mike. We had uh, nearly 2,700 uh, Beaver Nation fans, alumni, season ticket holders, donors, uh, all the, all of them, um, fill out a very comprehensive survey that really helped us inform using a, uh, a national consultant who's been in this collegiate space for over two decades. I've this would be the third time I've used them. And then they, uh, so 2,700 fans weighed in on sort of what they wanted in, in, in uh, amenities and, and price points that they might uh, pay. And then we, we fine-toothed comb that. We meticulously used that data to inform our design. And so, um, you know, those premium seats, the volume and what type of seat there is, is has been informed by that, that market survey. 
Construction begins now in 298 days, as the website says. That's the goal with a countdown to <laughs> yeah, it. That's the countdown. A, that's exciting, Scott, in its own right. And what I wonder, too, is whether this ambitious of a project would have had would it have ever moved forward or been possible without the inclusive aspects of it being an entire university oriented project with the student welcome center the medical facility and and the other things it's not just a football stadium anymore it's not and it was really uh as i mentioned in the last night, a foundational goal mike uh, for all of us that Look, if, if we're going to make this investment, this investment should um, absolutely advance other needs uh, on our campus. And, and so we literally, uh, I remember two and a half years ago, working with our campus facilities folks to look at a 10-year facilities master plan for the university and what needs were there that might, um, that might take shape uh, in, in the stadium. And we landed where we landed and feel great about it, feel great about the partnerships that we've had on our campus to develop uh, um, the programming for these needs. To, and so um, to answer your question, I mean, this, this uh, resonates with donors. It resonates with our campus community. It resonates with everybody that, look, if we're going to, put the money into this, let's, let's uh, maximize the opportunity. And I think that's exactly what we've done. Will any of the aspect of, of those partnerships, like the Student Center, for example, the Welcome Center, will those be utilized at all on game day? I know the, the, the medical office will probably shut down, but are the, any other parts of that going to be part of game day experience? You know, um, They'll be, uh, yeah, we'll, we're uh, working through the details on hours, for instance, with the student health care and the potential uh, urgent care component to that as well. Um, but we are we are uh, efforting towards that to where, you know, working at the logistics, John, but uh, to where that could be open um, and available on, on game day. So more to come on that, but that's certainly where we're, what we're trying to solve. Scott, how did the concept, I love it, but of Beaver Street and a 360 Beaver Street take shape. I, I just think it's going to complete. I mean, it's going to be such a big part of so many of the wonderful things about uh, the the renovation of Reeser. But I love the concept of Beaver Street. How did that take shape? Well, you know, Mike, it, it is. Uh, it was a, a foundation. Another foundational goal was that 360 degree uh, circulation. The actual Beaver Street, we, 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 we mentioned a couple names. Our design team, Populous SRG, um, came up with the concept, and, and we started to think about you know, these wonderful streetscapes that we've all uh, experienced um, traveling around and the vibrance uh, and the, the, the excitement, the festive atmosphere there is. And so that was sort of the concept, and they hit a home run in terms of what, what they've developed, this very open, uh, vibrant concourse with all sorts of unique food and beverage opportunities, some cover, but open to the field so you can actually you'd be looking at the field while you're you know getting a beer or standing there. You could see the action happening. And, so, um, and it's the main artery um, between... Um, the north and the south on that west side to complete it, and then connects to a bridge there on the uh, north 
uh, west corner to, to connect to the North Terrace. So I'm really excited about the concept. Our design team did a off-the-charts job in developing it, and it can't wait to uh, unfold that more as we move along. Oregon State Vice President and Director of Athletics Scott Barnes joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. I was uh, going to point out that, uh, I don't know, I read a story somewhere that the original Parker went for less than $400,000, <laughs> and here we are in the, you know, over $153 million. Do you feel the pressure as a leader of something like this um, in this three-year window that I've, I've heard of projects where if they're off by a few months, uh, the the price per board foot or the price for steel goes up dramatically, which would then take a, a hundred million project to now 110 million, so on and so forth. Do you feel that pressure when you're putting something like this together? Well, sure, and we're we're always keeping an eye on it, and and uh, one of the things that that we're sure you know we make sure of to help um, manage that. I think that's a, that's an excellent question and something that we're all always thinking about is between contingency and escalation in your budget. You have you have those pieces to help work uh, through that. So contingency, um, if, if a surprise hits, still goes up and there's another issue that you didn't know about. And then, and then uh, an ask, actual escalator, knowing that uh, at some level prices will go up, or potentially could go up. So you build that into your overall budget to help mitigate those issues. Scott, two questions left, and we'll turn you loose. You've been making yourself available and accessible to a lot of stations and people who, who are talking about this wonderful project, and we appreciate you joining us today. This One of them is this. We had a couple of texts on our show yesterday in the immediate aftermath of the announcement. While people are excited about it, there was a concern about the capacity being, quote, reduced. And I just wondered if, you know, what when you said yesterday, I think you said the number, the capacity that we will arrive at, there may be some flexibility in it, but it'll be the right number. So tell us a little bit how, you know, in terms of the stadium impacts capacity ultimately. Yeah, you know, we, we first of all, looking at uh, – a uh, long history of what our real uh, body count attendance is, and, and uh, um, thinking about all the uh, uh, fan experiences that we're, we're we're putting in here and need, and 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 tailoring that to to, to where we sit. There is some flex space, uh, um, but we'll be in the mid upper thirties, trying to figure you know finalize some uh, seating uh, product, whether it's a you know a, a bleacher back. Uh, with a back or an actual seat, and that'll help determine some of that, some of the standing room only pieces. But end of the day, uh, scarcity, um, a mm-hmm. chance to, to fill the place with, with uh, great seating, great sight lines, and, and a great experience for our fans. And, um, you know, this uh, is, is, is absolutely typical of what's going on around the country is people are not building bigger stadiums. And, and so, you know, you've got, you've got Washington State at, what, 32,000 and maybe 33, and, and we'll be somewhere obviously less than 40. But um, uh, we will be able to accommodate uh, Beaver Nation. Yeah. And not only accommodate the temper, but in a fabulous way as it relates to experience for all fans, not just fans in premium seating, but 
uh, all fans who can access Beaver Street and the North Terrace and the new concessions and restrooms and, and all the pieces to this, uh, uh, they'll be able to enjoy. So, we, you know, you look at the actual number, whatever that number ends up being, um, it, is, it, it is what it is, but it's built to suit um, our market, our fans, uh, and, and will deliver a, a, an unbelievable experience that, uh, that, that we're really going to be proud of. Scott, Mike is only affording me a comment, not a question. <laughs> we're out of time. I was just I was just watching this this show on the on the fearsome foursome, and I think I saw a young Scott Barnes with Merlin with Merlin Olson <laughs> at Utah State, and you looked great. I just want to comment on that. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. That was a long time ago, my, my friend. <laughs> Scott, you you mentioned last night, and this is it. We'll let you go on this. But what's next? I mean, you said we still have work to do. So what now after the big day and the announcement yesterday? What what moves forward from now going forward? What happens next? Well, re- really important that we uh, continue to, to raise. You know, we've still got 20-plus million to raise uh, in philanthropic gifts. Uh, working hard um, with our development team, the university, uh, the LSU Foundation's been an excellent partner in and getting that completed um, as soon as we can, and and trying to do that with uh, 20 guests or less, 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 less than that. Um, we, in the meantime, parallel, um, we'll move from schematic design to design development and ultimately construction drawings, be back in front of the board with Stage Gate 2 uh, sometime in May, uh, continue that process to construction uh, at the end of next season, and then start to, uh, you know, uh, really roll out the uh, premium seating elements and that that'll likely come uh you know this summer um in, in terms of uh, getting everybody acquainted with that a lot to a lot of work to do in our external uh, uh unit uh, from marketing rollout to messaging to creating some sales center uh, opportunities so people can come and sit and really see what they're what they're buying all those things are, are, are being developed as, as we move forward. Scott, congratulations to you and President Alexander and all every, all of you for, for moving it this far along. It's impressive, especially during these times that we're in. Thank you for taking time for us and for all that you guys have done to move us to this point. We appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you, Scott. Scott Barnes, our guest. Let's break. We've got Tim Ewis on Mike Remmers and what Mike is going to be up against when it seems, John, that the whole focal point of the conversation around Super Bowl 55 is the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) Those old linemen guys don't get a lot of attention generally, but there is, I mean, every time I turn on a show, if Gottlieb's talking about the Super Bowl, I am hearing (laughs) Offensive line, backup tackles. But are you hearing Remmer's name? Because eh, not, I'm not. Not really. No, I don't hear the name. No. It's just, oh, they've, they're, both their tackles are hurt. So you don't hear. You don't I'm get really to surprised. that level. I know. But I'm really surprised they're not literally naming, naming all the, the guys. guys. No, I yeah. know. They're not. But we are, and we have, and we've talked. We'll talk to the left tackle's dad next hour. That's how <laughs> detailed we're getting. But let's take a break. Wrapping up hour number one after this. Any thoughts? Feel free to text us. Anything 
allayed in any way? Well, I wondered about this. Are you, what, you still have questions? You feel good about the news? I hope you do. That was a big day yesterday. I hope everyone agrees on that with the details still to come. 1240 Joe Radio. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timberhill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. It's time to do a little top drawer housekeeping. Time to get rid of all those stretched out bras and ill-fitting undies. To help, Donabella Fine Lingerie and Comfort Wear in Corvallis is having a panties sale. All panties are 20% off from now through Valentine's Day. Donabella is open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 until 5, with professional bra fittings during regular hours. Donabella Fine Lingerie and Comfort Wear at the north end of 2nd Street, downtown Corvallis. If your RV or trailer is sitting in storage or out in the rain this winter, let Guarantee pay you cash for your rig. Cash for campers means no more storage and no more worries. My name is Bo and I live in Cottage Grove. Cash for campers put over $10,000 in my pocket. We were waiting until summer to sell our trailer, but Guarantee gave us cash right now. Guarantee will give you $500 if we can't beat any Oregon dealer's written offer on your late model RV in good condition. My name is Jessica and I live in Springfield. Thanks to Guarantee, we no longer have a monthly storage bill, and we have more than enough money to remodel our kitchen. Trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, motorhomes, they all qualify for cash for campers. I'm Paul. Uh, We've been stuck at home for about nine months now. Guarantee made it really easy for us. No hassles. They came and picked up our fifth wheel at our house and delivered our check. Text RV for me to 55678 for special offers or visit Guarantee.com. That's RV, the number four, me, to 55678. Guarantee RV is here to help you put cash in your pocket. Locally owned and operated for over 30 years, Corvallis Floor Covering would like to thank their many friends and customers for your continued support and looks forward to working with you on your next remodeling project. Stop by and see Wendy, Robin, or Brian and check out their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood floorings, and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beefs. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Come see me at my new location at 3335 Ferry Street Southwest in Albany or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. All right, welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show. Um... Last couple of minutes here. I said this morning, I told you, text us on the University Honda text line if you have any questions for for Scott. Although Scott didn't have a lot of time, I think we covered pretty much everything. And I'm glad you intercepted 
on the fact that you did get a few questions asked to you and that Scott could follow up and say, absolutely, they they consulted with anybody who's an expert on any experience. So whether it be concessions, <clears throat> they, they talked to people on what they wanted and then how it would work, all the way down to the press box yes. and how that would lay out. I, I think Doc Fink was given a charge to reach out to people. Yeah. And... Although I'm hurt because he well, never called me. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't play a role up there. He did. He he asked me some some questions. Yeah, and one of which I'm glad he did. No, I, I again I appreciate that because I knew it was in conjunction with, you know, if when we go forward with this yeah. and we have a reconstructed yeah. press box someday, what are some important things to you? And all I and I appreciated the question and I, all I said honestly. Yeah. Right now, Reeser, amongst our 12 schools uh-huh. in the conference, is among the very best in the league from it a is, vantage point standpoint. It is from a vantage standpoint because yes. we joke. We joke about the bathroom, and it's a real issue. It's, it is an issue. It, it but, is. But from a working standpoint, in your booth or even in the main press box, it's one of the best because yes. there aren't giant beams in the way. That's correct. You can see... And there are other press boxes you can't see very well. And Reeser, whenever they did that remodel, was it's pretty good. It is very good. Yeah. And the distance from the field, I think in looking at the renderings, I think we're going to be a little higher and further from the field uh-huh. if I was looking at it correctly. And if the rendering I've seen has the press box up mm-hmm. at a higher level, that's fine. I, yeah. I don't mind that at all. Arizona State, you're way No, up it's there. too far. Yeah. It is too far. It's not going to feel like that here. I mean, that's a 70,000-seat stadium. <laughs> right, this right. will be about half that. So everything will be – I think the feel, you know, and I, and I was getting a little bit – yesterday I misspoke about the history of capacity when I said it's been 40 yeah. since 1967. And I'd conveniently forgot the biggest year, arguably, in Oregon State football history when the stadium was at a capacity of 36. What in year 2000. Was that? In 2000 was only so, 36. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. So and the and but think about the noise, think about the intimacy, think yeah. about how loud yeah. and intimidating and imposing an atmosphere that was in that year. 36,000. Yeah. For that Civil War rivalry series football game that day, there were 36 in there. But Nobody was really hung up. Oh, what, what, 36? We didn't even think about it that no, much. No. But I misspoke when I said it's been 40 since 67. From 97 through 04, it was at about 36,000. Yeah, because they when they built the um, the Valley Center, they took out a lot of the, the, the seating there. And they hadn't yet built the bigger end zone seating that we now know with the corners on the south end zone underneath the scoreboard. Right. That hadn't been built yet. Right. So that makes sense, yeah. And, and and the look of it, though. See, if you have 36,000 now, if they go that direction, or 37. Oh, it's going to look and, and the, feel and the sound look and everything, incredible. You, you'll think it's bigger than that. Yeah, it'll sound and look and feel bigger in yeah. that sense. And the look of it, you know, think about that 2000 season. The look of it. If people talked about, you know, one of the things that we've been talking for years, the old side that's right. now un- will be under this grand reconstruction plan to bring it 
up to speed and commensurate with the other side, the new side. Speaking of direction, by the way, I wish Picard or somebody on a minor detail. You know, we talk about the west side and the east side, and what's going to be renovated is the west side of Reeser Stadium. When I'm sitting there, uh-huh. I mean, I, I think the field is at an angle such that I feel more south over there than I do west. <laughs> Here's why. When I look out over my left shoulder, uh-huh. I'm seeing Mary's Peak, and that's to the west. Are you? Uh, yes. It's not. I'm not looking what... If I'm and when I'm sitting in the in the press box calling a game, looking across to the other side, I'm looking northeast. I mean, I'll grant that it's east, but I'm looking to the north as much as I am to the east. But it's based on the angle. Think about it. I suppose, but I get an overwhelming. I get an overwhelming feeling if I'm in the club level looking at press box that just beyond the press box is the is the coast. That okay, but okay, I would say to you. Uh, Roger Clemens, uh, he misremembered. That's a bit of a <laughs> misvision because think about it. You're sitting in the club. Yeah. And you look down at the field. Yeah. If you raise your eyes from the 50-yard line. Straight up. Straight up. You're not looking at Mary's Peak. You have to look to the right. Tr- and I'm speaking the truth in love. Well, then I'm looking at the South Coast. Well, you, you, you are, but Picard, anybody, give us the geographical plots. What does it say in your... Your compass in your car when well, you drive over even there. Even if it's not, even if it's not, right. we don't want to change it. It's no, too easy no. to say that the Valley Center is no, the I north, know. the scoreboard is the south. That's just that's a that's something that's been a little picky for me over the years. <laughs> west side, east side, the way the stadium's angled. When I'm sitting calling a game from yeah. the west side, yeah. looking across, I feel like I feel as though I'm looking as much north as I am east. Well. You, yeah, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. But even still, I, I can't tell you that on a on a hot summer, sunny evening in September, if you're on the uh, the east side, mm-hmm. there, is, there isn't a better view. No, it's the awesome. It is not a better view. It's awesome. And the, the only thing, no, it's beautiful. I mean, there's some other good views. Yeah, I'll grant I know, that. I mean, I've got to say Husky Stadium. Home, you know? Husky Stadium's grand. Yeah. Arizona Stadium with the mountains around is great. Uh, the, there, it, I know. You, you know, Rice Eccles with the mountains. I mean, there's some beautiful What's views. What's the view Memorial like at Ohio Stadium. State? Ohio State. It wasn't. It was it an was, overcast It was not day. particularly good, and nor was uh, Michigan. I mean, neither stadium wowed me from a view. Yeah. We, we have better views. In the Pac-12 In the conference, conference of champions. We have unbelievable views. <laughs> Even at uh, the, the properties we don't really like. Yeah. No, They're gorgeous. I thought, actually, Cal, to me, was the one that made the biggest Cal impression Cal is spectacular. Yeah. Looking across one way to Tightwad Hill yeah. and up the canyon, Strawberry Canyon, and then yeah. looking to the west, but uh, even, to the uh, bay. Even yeah. that place down the road is pretty nice. Being up there with you for that yeah, no, it's C- nice. Civil War two years ago. No, it's nice. It's I think ours is better. But it's I nice down the yeah, road. Yeah, it is. They didn't do a great. Yeah, they did do a better job in the press box down the road. We'll have a good one. We need to take a break. Where are we? Five, four. Okay, about thirty. Tim Ewis will join us, and then Wally Remmers next hour. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. This is K E J O Corvallis. Everybody hear me? On in five. And Q I D. Twelve forty. Joe Radio.
I'm Jim Chesko with Your Money Now. Stocks are in uh, positive territory today. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ Composite adding to their closing highs set yesterday. The S&P up another 13 points today. The NASDAQ has gained 65. The Dow Industrials are up 80 currently. Peloton will delay the U.S. launch of a much-anticipated new treadmill and start shipping exercise equipment by air in an effort to ease extreme delivery delays on its connected exercise gear. The company has cut back marketing and doubled the size of its customer service operation to address months-long waits and delivery cancellations that have legions of would-be customers railing against Peloton on social media. It said it expects delivery times to return to normal by the end of June. Shares of Peloton, though, down 5% today. The National Labor Relations Board has denied a motion by Amazon to stall a union vote by warehouse workers at one of the e-commerce giant's Alabama facilities. Eligible workers at the Bessemer Warehouse will be able to vote by mail starting next week. That's your money now. Listening to this Allstate commercial about savings might be the hardest thing about getting those savings. Save for simply becoming an Allstate customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent for a quote today. Allstate. Minimum effort, maximum reward. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. DriveWise is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. Is the cost of finishing the basement worth the benefit of some peace and quiet? When questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing can help you find answers with personalized planning tools and insights to help you get where you want to go, even if it's just downstairs. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash within reach to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated. Registered broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC insured or not. Hi, Tanya here with the Oregon State Bowling Proprietors Association. I'm here to send a clear message out regarding our centers in Oregon. Some centers have been mandated to close for over nine out of the 12 months last year. Three of those have permanently closed. While over 55,000 retail businesses and hundreds of big box stores in Oregon were allowed to profit. Help our locally owned businesses get back open to survive while keeping everyone safer. And let's save more bowling centers from closing permanently. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs. Hi, I'm Matt Vaskersian with another little-known legend of sports. When Irvin Magic Johnson entered the NBA in 1979, expectations were high. The Lakers promoted their newest player heavily as the hype extended beyond L.A. when the league scheduled Magic's NBA debut as a nationally televised game. Eager to showcase his talents, the Lakers carefully choreographed a pregame warm-up for the game so that Magic could lead the team onto the court, take a pass from a ball boy, and dribble to the basket for a slam dunk. Now, for Magic Johnson, who'd always thrived in pressure situations, this would be a snap. 
Sure enough, Magic led the Lakers onto the court, took the pass, dribbled toward the basket, and then the entire country witnessed his warm-up pants slip down to his legs and get tangled in his feet, causing Magic to fall flat on his face. Luckily, Magic redeemed himself by scoring 26 points in the game, leading the L.A. Lakers to a one-point victory. Magic's inauspicious NBA start is another one of those little-known legend of sports. I'm Matt Vaskersian. Liberty. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Well, as the world's blandest man, the idea of insurance made for me is almost riveting. Big fan of beige? Mm, I find other neutrals too unpredictable. That's cool. Liberty Mutual's just here to protect your home with customized insurance. And here we've got my doorstop collection. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. What do you get when you talk to a Dell Technologies advisor? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Mm -hmm. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm -hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard. I understand. Let's get started. For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. They're coming from everywhere. He's a big, big new traffic here for Country Road and Sink. Corvallis, Oregon. To see the total eclipse of the sun. It's hard to tell the night time from the day. I'm talking about the sky, McIntyre. Mike McIntyre and the Buffaloes are coming, amongst many others. He's a big, great new traffic here for Country Road and Sink. Sight worth seeing. I know how you must feel. Yes, but not everyone's on board. And look at that sky. You look at it. But for everyone else, excitement is sky high for life in Corvallis. Sky Star is amazing. There seems to be a lot happening in it all the time. If it's happening, you'll hear about it on the Joe Beaver Show. I'm expecting something special from there. Keep your eyes skinned. I want reports. Oh, you'll get reports all right. The best reports on the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. Nothing I can say. A total eclipse of the heart. And away we go with the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Into the second hour, Wally Remmers will join us in, in, in about 25 minutes. And I chuckle only because Wally, when we were texting back and forth, the former Beaver played for D and for the first year with the, the late two late Gentlemen in our history, the great DeAndros, the late Craig Fertig, Wally spanned those eras in the mid-70s. He is Vic, who played basketball for the Beavers, and Mike's dad, sitting poolside enjoying the sun in Tampa today, getting to watch the Super Bowl for at Raymond him. James. So happy for him. But sitting by the pool, but I wonder when his own nervousness as a father will kick in. He's poolside today. But will he start getting nervous? Is he nervous now? How hard is it for him as a dad to go out and watch his son play? Or is he just imagine. enjoying it? My son's in the Super Bowl. That's a good thing and a good day, and I'm not going to get too anxious about it. I don't know. We'll find I, out. I, I can't imagine on a good realm. I can't imagine how 
the feeling would be to have your son be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Now, Tim Ewis joins us. I have a feeling Tim and I, I know, I, Tim and I saw each other last night. I was making final preparations for the broadcast. Great win for the Bees, by the way. We'll talk to Tim about that. A huge challenge tomorrow with Washington State at 3 at Gill, trying to become the first Northwest team to defeat a Kyle Smith coach team at Washington State, 14-0 and against the schools from Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Montana. It's not That's lost amazing. to anybody. That's amazing. 14-0. The Beavers need to change that tomorrow they afternoon. Will. But as I was preparing for the Washington game, Tim, you have stopped by outside at Dutch Bros across the street from Gill, where I was making final preparations and notes. And Tim and I chatted. Tim, I could tell you could tell from me we're nervous about what Remmers is up against I don't know if Wally is but Mike's got a big challenge ahead it's great to have you on the show Tim it's been a while how are you today I'm doing well thanks for having me on what do you think in terms of first of all basketball last night you said you were going to go home and listen what a game for the Beavs huh what a game what a fast hot start and uh just the shooting performance and you know you, you go through these spells and that's kind of sport in general and, and there's oftentimes the ebb and the flow of the season and points you're like what are these beavers doing they can't make a field goal and then they start putting the pieces together and the, the team and you know i know wayne said uh Gosh, two or three weeks ago, he said, this is on me. I've got to figure out what has happened to the team. Mm -hmm. We're playing like a bunch of individuals. And in the last couple of weeks, you've really seen the team play well. So that's been fun. 25 assists <clears throat> last night. Un and only five turnovers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when, when you're playing with those ratios, you're going to win the majority of your games. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, it's, it's been fun to see kind of the evolution of that team where, you know, you, you start out the season, you know, beating Cal in this kind of preseason exhibition yeah. and then things seemingly falling apart and losing to Portland state and then coming back and, and playing very well uh, over the last several mm -hmm. weeks. And, and so having that actual team come together, I'm I'm really impressed the the way they played and and as a team. So so we want to talk to you about football, but one last quick thing: Do you think it's too simple to say that it's all because of uh, or a huge part of it is because Jared Lucas is in the starting lineup? Well, I, I like Lucas as a player, but I also like the big man play inside of Silva. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think you can discount shooting seventy percent. Mm -hmm or better. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, when you look back at historical, uh, Oregon state teams, and then just, I think historical basketball, if you have a good big man, that helps your outside guys get open. Uh, when you have a, you know, some good penetrators, shooters, and a good big man that play together and work as a team, uh, that that leads to a lot of wins like we saw last night. Yeah. Tim Ewis, our guest. Tim, as we chatted about a number of things, it had been a while since we visited, so good to catch up with you. But one of the things I asked you, and you were kind enough to come on today with your experience as a guy who deals with 
as a blocker, tight end in the NFL, in this Tampa Bay defense, dynamic defense, a 3-4 system. Remember, Mike, I mean, that makeshift old line has a huge challenge, and I think the pundits and prognosticators on this game have been right, Tim. What do you think? They're talking more about that matchup heading into a Super Bowl than maybe ever before. Yeah, Mahomes and Brady, we've heard a little bit about them, too. But the game could come down to how can that old line, with Mike Remmers a big part of it at left tackle, hold up? Well, it doesn't matter how great of a quarterback you have if if he's just scrambling for his life all day long. And so, it, you know, football truly is that game where all 11 pieces have to work together uh, the majority of the time for for a successful play to happen. And, and you can get away with a miss every once in a while, but uh, for, for Brady and Mahomes to be at their best, their O-lines have to be at their best. And so what is Mike up against? I don't know how closely you follow Tampa Bay's personnel, but it doesn't sound like going in on paper the best of matchups for anybody, let alone a guy like Mike, as talented and versatile as he is, who hasn't been on the left side, on the outside much. Well, I've tried to catch a few Tampa Bay games this year just because of the intrigue of Brady going down there and Gronk being there and and having – uh, you know, some pretty good wide receivers for him to, to be able to throw the ball to. And just to see how he did under uh, Bruce Arians and B.A. was quarterback coach when I was in Pittsburgh. And so um, just to just to watch that team a little bit. Um, so I've, I've watched him, again, kind of evolve over the course of the season. And, and I was really impressed with their, and I've always, you know, kind of paid attention more to the offense. I was very impressed with their defense uh, at Green Bay. I mean, the the pass rush they got on Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. it's just impressive. And and then you start hearing some of those names being thrown around, and you're like, I mean, these are like Pro Bowl type yeah. players, potential Hall of Fame type players mm-hmm. that that they have on that defense. And, and you almost say they have just as many tools on defense as they have on offense. And if they're peaking right now, you can kind of figure out why Brady chose to go to Tampa. It's probably a little bit more than just the, you know, the tax implications for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he knew he had support there. I, I, I uh, second that thought about the green Bay game and how dominant the defensive front was. So playing on the line now, blocking schemes as a tight end, certainly you have experience on right to left. How big of a, of a challenge is it for Mike to go from, from the right side to the left side in two weeks? Well, for a tight end, it's not a, as big of a deal because right. we have to, you know, pass it and jump set and do all of our run blocking, you know, with, with either hand on the ground. But for Mike to continually, you know, have his kind of push kick step, uh, you know, with his left foot is his, his push step and his right foot is kick step and then switch all of that up in a day, uh, that is, that is difficult, you know. It, in, in the Green Bay game, it was in, you know, in between a play and now getting a couple weeks to work on it. Uh, it, it is very, very difficult. And, I, you know, the psychologist or the physiologist will tell you that there's no such thing as muscle memory, but there, 
there is something called repetition. And, you know, he's taken thousands and thousands of kick steps out of a, a right-handed stance, and now he's being asked to do it out of a left-handed. And, and what I think is really crazy is, he, you know, they don't have another left tackle that is, is training to that position. He's the next best player because he's technically the third left tackle for them this year. So um, he's he's got a big job in front of him. The things they can do to help uh, would be, you know, play a second tight end. Uh, obviously, you're not going to have Kelsey, you know, pass block. You mm-hmm. want to get him out in routes. So, you know, potentially chipping off the edge with a, a, a running back or a, an H back in motion or fullback, something like that, um, just to try to to help him a little bit. Um, and, and I think, you know, you're caught in this quandary of really – pass protecting well versus getting receivers out into patterns. And and so you probably got to find kind of a, a fine line there. And the other piece is you're playing with a quarterback that, uh, you know, may or may not be 100%. And, and if he's 100%, he's probably a much better scrambler. If he's not 100%, uh, you're probably going to have to sacrifice getting guys out in routes to pass protect a little bit. Tim Ewis joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. It's interesting, out in their scheme, Jason Pierre-Paul was asked about what do you think of your matchup against Mike Remmers now that William Golston is listed as the right defensive end, but will it come down more often in your view, is Jason Pierre's Paul's answer to that is, who's Mike Remmers? <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it, does it come down to more of Remmers having to deal with Pierre Paul than Golston, or is it a combination thereof? It's, it's probably a combination. And, and when he kind of said that, you know, it's probably a little tongue-in-cheek. Right. And, you know, Mike, Mike is a known commodity in the league. He's played a long time. He's been with a couple teams. You know, it's, he's He's played in a super, started in a Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's a known commodity, but it's not like saying, how do you feel about your matchup against Jason Peters, you know, a, a perennial Pro Bowler and future Hall of Famer? Like that, how's your matchup against Anthony Munoz? Like that, it, that's not the same question. And so his reply was kind of probably tongue in cheek as if the reporter was asking it in that way. <laughs> right. And so I, I think that there, you know, we got to look into that and read into that a little bit. Sure. But, um, you know, I, Mike has a big challenge and left tackles, the premier spot. And I, I kind of tweeted about it the other day that hey, if Mike has a big game protects well, and is left on an Island, he will get a very big payday next year at yeah. that left tackle position. Yeah, so. it's an opportunity, isn't it? I mean, I know we're nervous because he's our own and and we want him to succeed. And right now, it looks you know like advantage to the defense just from what the their names and and the whole situation. But it's also an opportunity. He can come out of this looking uh, you know looking far better. Uh, and we just we oh. just hope for the best. It, yeah, we absolutely want to root for our guy, and, and I think it's such a great opportunity to, to have a, a beaver in the Super Bowl and, and kind of added skin to the game. And I don't know, it made me kind of flash back. I, there was a game, I can't remember who it was against, but an errant 
half kind of took his cardboard cutout on the sideline out. And I said, oh, that one was completed to rimmers, you know. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of surreal that um, you, you have a guy that, you know, you've been associated with playing in that big game and, and, uh, and especially in such a weird season. You know, I heard you talking about his dad being down there, and I think it's great that they're going to have, you know, family members and then first responders and, and healthcare workers um, having access to the game. But what a just different Super Bowl environment. Uh, than, than we would traditionally have. And the last one he was in, and Mike has been asked about it because it, we have to be honest and say it did not go especially well his first time around in Super Bowl 50 with the Carolina Panthers playing right tackle. But that type of experience can galvanize you a little bit too. Mike has been asked about it and said that was a long time ago. I'm not the same player as I was. I'm better now. And to be on that kind of stage probably does serve him well to come back to it again, I would think, even shifting to the left side, Tim. No, I would agree with you uh, on that. And I think, again, it's a a similar situation where you've got a very um, uh, agile quarterback and – some different opportunities in regard to that. Uh, and, and so that probably plays into Mike's um, strength or weakness a little bit where he, he's a little more agile himself. So if they're going to shift the pocket, they're going to move the pocket. He's played in the big games, um, whether it's in, in Minnesota or, or uh, Kansas City now. I, I Again, I think it's a great opportunity for him to show his best stuff and – I'm sure they'll game plan to help him out mm-hmm. best they can. Yeah, yeah. yeah not without just, a doubt. Yeah. yeah, totally. Hey, Tim. Tim, you is joining us here on the show. This is a time of year where whether or not you pay attention to these things, it doesn't matter because everybody hears and sees and uh, about all these different things. And I'm talking about prop bets. Has there been a prop bet that has come along that you, even if you're not paying attention, you just go, "Whoa, okay, that's interesting." I heard two this morning. One, will Patrick Mahomes have a a, a a run of 10 yards or more in the game. I'm thinking, of course he will. I'm not sure. Now, on the, on the face value, I say, of course he will, but that might not be an of course. It might be, well, maybe not. There's that one. And then the other one was, will the game end on a knee? And I'm thinking, well, don't most games end on a knee because in that case, someone's fully in control. So you have to have a good game for it not to end on a knee, Correct. That's an interesting yeah. one because you you know you could throw a hail mary at the right. end, right. Uh, and then you know it's incomplete, and then the team does get the ball back and end on a knee. So that that that's kind of a fascinating one. That's a toss up. I I always look at these games and say the odds are just historically speaking, NFL playoff game it's going to be settled by a field goal or less um, when you look at it, and so I high potential that it could be ended on a field goal or on a knee. Um, so I, that, that's a very interesting one. On the 10-yard run, again, I think that comes down to Mahomes' um, just a ability and his physical condition right now uh, because I, he had the one kind of open field run two weeks ago where you saw him limping. And, you know, at that point you're sitting there saying, how good is he really? Is, it, is he going to be okay yeah. for the Super Bowl? And 
And I, my guess is they're not going to go Jared Allen with him and let him just run the ball all over the field and, and get the tar kind of beat out of them. I think they're going to try to have a little self-preservation uh, for him in this game. And, you know, obviously Kelsey will be a huge part of it and how they cover uh, him will be, will be really big and Hill will be really big. And there's just so many tools on that offense you got to kind of pick your poison as a defensive coach. So I, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. It's, it's a good matchup, in my opinion. It's been a while, so you'd have to be year end and their beginning. But is there anybody in this game that you've played with? Oh, there's nobody I played with. I mean, you know, I, when I was coaching at Oregon State, Mike was one of our players at that point. Uh, Played against Tom Brady a few times. Uh, always came out on the losing end. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's not many guys left in the league that I actually played with, uh, if any. Maybe it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I retired twelve years ago. Has it been twelve so, years? Unbelievable. We've talked to we, you through you your have whole. Have some longevity there, yeah. Tim. It's amazing how quickly it all goes, though, right? I mean, I've, we've talked to you from your basketball and football career at Oregon State, through your stops in the NFL as a coach at Oregon State, through your uh, work for Edward Jones. I mean, we we've stayed in touch for all these years and always appreciate your perspective. Last thing on this, and that is. You mentioned Bruce Arians in the football business world that and, you know, he's not he wasn't your position coach. But is there enough continuity, cohesiveness on that side of the ball with the Steelers when Coach Arians, now the head coach for Tampa Bay, was the receivers coach that you got a feel for the kind of person that he is? That's right. I was thinking he was quarterback coach. He was receivers Mm -hmm. coach. And uh, and, you know. He did a great job with the receivers there, uh, and I've, I had guys that I had played with um, that I'd stayed in touch with in Arizona when he was a head coach in Arizona, mm-hmm. and guys in Arizona really liked him. And I think, from my understanding, he's kind of tried to go in that 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 Bill Cower mode, where he's a tough guy but a fair guy and a player's coach, where um, he has high expectation levels. He he. He lets you go and play the game, but if you screw up, he's going to replace you at some point. And, and, you know, you've seen these stories about, um, well, he, he just lets Brady run with it. Well, I think when you got a guy like Brady, sometimes you do that. And I know Kurt Warner did that um, in Arizona uh, with, with Wiz and, and with Todd. And, and so, you, you know, you kind of have that option to say, I've got a thoroughbred, let him run a little bit. And and then if if things need dialed back, you start dialing back. But uh, I think he did a really good job as the receivers coach and, and kind of a, a group of, of uh, young receivers combined with a guy like Hines Ward and letting Hines lead the room in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, yeah, from my recollection, very much a player's coach, had fun joking around with the guys, but also held a pretty strict line. And if guys didn't break their routes off the right way, you know, got on them pretty good. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I, I think that, you know, at that level, especially letting guys go out and play is big, but they do need to play within the system still because 
there's expectations of the other 10 guys on the field as to what you're going to be doing. Quick question, Tim. Is Remmer's presence alone with the Chiefs, is your rooting interest on Kansas City or not so much? Does it matter to you? You know, in these types of games, I just want a good ball game. I do have to figure out who I'm I'm going to pick in my pool. And, and, uh, and there, there's, you know, some, some bragging rights on the line at this point. So it's, I, I will say I, at the very beginning of the season, I picked Tampa Bay to win it all. Okay. And, wow. And in our, in our pool. And so part of me is like, well, do I pick Tampa Bay on the spread and go all in? Do I try to just make sure I stay in the money and make a safe <laughs> bet here? And, and so I, I, I already picked Tampa at the beginning of the season and, uh, so my rooting interest is for Mike to be successful, <laughs> but I'd like to get the points okay. for that Tampa win. Gotcha. So. <laughs> hey, and the last thing, Tim, and that is your excitement as a as a longtime Beaver, a player, alum, a coach at Oregon State, live in the community. Yesterday's news about the stadium. What are your thoughts? Oh, I think it's fantastic, and and I think I, I tweeted out a few days ago the idea that. This solidifies our place in the, in the Pac-12, and I've I've been nervous about that, to be quite honest. Um, you know, a team like Boise State that has a large television audience and has a whole state behind them and kind of a region, uh, these things are all determined by the dollars these days. Don't don't anybody kid yourself, and so. Uh, us being, you know, considerably a small market team in this conference, where it used to come down to the actual university itself and being a research institute and a land grant school and all these things that Oregon State has to offer, I, I believe so much of it now just comes down to the TV dollars that'll be able to be generated. Um, and so for us to be able to redo that side of the stadium for recruiting to potentially get better players to maybe shrink the size of the stadium, have a little better fan atmosphere. Uh, I just believe it solidifies our place in the conference and that there is not, uh, you know, some type of scapegoat now or some type of excuse to say, they don't generate enough dollars. Let's bring in Boise state or, or somebody else. I think that, this commitment shows the conference that we're here to stay. And that excites me. And I'm excited for John to, to be able to get this project going kind of under his tenure and, and, uh, and for the whole athletic department, what an undertaking. Uh, and then for our new president to have this be a priority. And I just, I loved what he said yesterday that this is good for everybody and that he gets that. that yeah. This is good for the whole school. Yeah, no no doubt. All right, we only have time for one last quick question, and I get it. Who's the better uh, the uh, better tight end, Mark Bavaro, uh, Travis Kelsey, or Tim Ewis? <laughs> Bavaro? <laughs> uh, no, Travis Kelsey is the best. I, uh, I like Bavaro. He is a tough, tough dude. I was at the bottom of that list. I, <laughs> man, I, I wish I would have been in the in the time period of the true receiving tight end because I kind of had to turn myself into a blocker when I was more of a receiver and <laughs> make that shift. And and uh, man, those a guy that broke Tony Gonzalez records, that dude's a stud. 
Well, Tim, I mean, the fact that you played tight end in the National Football League makes you one of the best ever to play the sport. And so thank you for taking time for us, as you always do. It's good to get back in touch with you. It's been a while. Hope that business is good, that you and the family are good. Thanks for taking time for us, Tim. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You guys take care. Thank you, Tim. Tim Ewis, Edward Jones, your local financial, uh, Edward Jones financial advisor. You hear his messages on the Joe Beaver Show, and you've heard his voice for 20-some years together now on the show as a Beaver player, coach, NFLer. I'm Wally gonna, Remmers I'm is gonna next. I'm going to go through. I have a thing. I clean my garage so I can park both cars in it, and I pulled all the tapes out. I'm going to go through this weekend. And get some some cuts of you calling of Tim me in high school. Tim's high school. Please games. do. That would be fun. Wally, whether still poolside or in his room pacing, like Larry Morgan. Wally Remmers next. Twelve forty. Joe Radio. H and R Block has many options to make filing your taxes easy. Our tax pros can help you get your max refund with or without the office visit. Drop in. Drop off. Or a tax pro can even do your taxes virtually. Send some pics from your phone without leaving home. Just another way, Block has your back. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. This is Serena from your local H&R Block. Last year was full of surprises and tax prep shouldn't be. Visit one of our local six offices today. Don't forget about our Philomath office next to Safeway and the Sunset Shopping Center. Book your appointment today and let us get your maximum refund. Hey, Beaver fans. Over the past several months, we all have come together to help each other in this COVID struggle. But would you know how to help a family member or a coworker in the time of an emergency? Hi, I'm Todd Washington, owner of CPR Works, where we teach people the skills to help someone in the time of an emergency. I am currently holding both virtual and in-person classes for CPR and first aid. For more information or to schedule a class, contact me at CPR-Works.com. Go Beavs! Hey, Beaver Nation, this is Mike Parker. I want to talk about my experience at the Barbers in Corvallis. Rachel at the Barbers has been cutting what hair I have for many years. Not only do I get a great haircut, but also a hot leather neck shave, a shampoo and scalp massage, a soothing neck and shoulder massage, free popcorn and soda, a TV at every station to watch all the games. Discover for yourself why over 2,000 guys a month go to the Barbers. Check them out on 9th Street in Corvallis, the Barbers, where I go and guys go for great cuts. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eaves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. So if you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group. 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. This is Oscar at the Natty Dresser inviting you to First Friday, this Friday from 5 to 7 p.m. This month's theme is Valentine Inspiration Party, VIP Night. Come by the shop and get gift ideas for the guy in your life. Hats to shoes and everything in between. We carry Moonstruck chocolates and are giving away free chocolate with every purchase that night. First Friday, this Friday, the Natty Dresser, purveyors of quality menswear in our new location on the corner of 2nd and Broad Alban in historic downtown Albany. Dress well, be confident, find success. 
Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day, and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements, and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Well, we continue on the Joe Beaver Show, wrapping up a busy week. Uh, the question to U.S., uh, you know, the rooting interest, it's easy. This one's easy for me. When there's a Beaver player involved, I mean, yeah. normally in a Super Bowl game, I'm just rooting for a good game and an exciting finish and all of that. Yeah, but if you're in some kind of a thing with a bunch of buddies and right. then the, your buddies friends that you don't know and you don't really like them and you just want to beat them so bad that's a little different then in this case it, there's no question in particular as we've already we had mike on mike remmers was kind enough to join us last week yep. and we've had him on uh, often through the years he's one of the our favorite sons we're so proud of and speaking of a son i know he's not going to say favorite because he has other sons too but what an experience for our next guest. When I texted him earlier, he said he was poolside in Tampa. That sounds like a pretty good life, and I'm sure it's been a great life for our next guest in his own right as a football player for the Beavers and his son, Vic, playing basketball, got to call his games with the Beavers and Mike. Wally Remmers, 74 through 76 as an O-lineman at Oregon State joins us on the Joe Beaver Show. Wally, good afternoon. You're living the life. I'm happy for you. Are you having a good time down there? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. We're out by the pool right now. It's about 75, blue sky, just fantastic. Good for you, sir. Are you nervous? Are you enjoying this, or do you as a dad start to get a little nervous about now, about what's ahead for Mike? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I am. I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm definitely nervous. What are you nervous <laughs> sure. about? I mean, that, Mike has done such a great job, but there has been more, as you know, yeah. Wally, probably more attention placed on the O-line for the Chiefs than I think an O-line's ever had attention accorded to it going into a Super Bowl game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's what makes me nervous, too. That's my worry is the offensive line. I guess everybody realizes that's kind of the wild card in the game. And so, no, I'm just nervous because I, I, Mike's had a fantastic year at right tackle. I think he's a natural right tackle. That is definitely his best position. He's played left tackle before, left guard, right guard. So he's definitely played around, but. Uh, you know, I get a little more anxious, you know, just moving him out of the position he's been playing so well in all year. So, but it's a great challenge for him. And, you know, I've been talking to him, and, you know, he's he's ready for it. He feels really good about it. So I, when I talk to him, it, it takes some of my anxiety away, I can tell you that. Yeah, and, and it's a compliment. It's a challenge, but it's a compliment to him, right? I mean, the... I mean, it also may well. Who else do they have? No, that's not it. But, I mean, the fact that he's been versatile at Oregon State and in the NFL serves him well in this kind of challenge, I would think. Yeah, I think every team he's played on in the NFL, when somebody gets hurt, it's always Mike that they go to uh, to fill in, you know, whether it's a right guard or left guard or left tackle. 
He's played right guard, left guard, right tackle, and now he's going to play left tackle just this year alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing when he was with Minnesota in the playoffs. He got moved into guard in the playoffs because of injuries. And in Carolina, he was bouncing all over the place. So he's used to it. But, yeah, he's an athletic guy, and he's smart, and he's able to do it. Most guys can't switch from right to left, and Mike's been able to do it. But, uh, anyway, yeah, no, I'm anxious about it, but uh, it's going to be a great game, I think. Hey, Wally, having his son play in the Super Bowl – What's it like when he gets criticized? Do you get mad, or do you just know that it comes with a territory? What would it, what's it like to be a dad with a son in a high-profile position? I didn't hear what you said. I'm so sorry. I couldn't hear what you said. Here. What was that? That's okay. What's it like to be a dad with a son in a high-profile position in sports? We, we're all dads of sons, it seems, in, in play sports, but we don't get to get to this level. When people criticize him in the media, if he gets yeah. beat, does that make you mad, or, or do you know it comes with the with the territory? Well, I, one, I don't know what it's like to have – Son in the in the high profile like this because they've always been offensive line like you said earlier nobody pays much attention to them but certainly in this case it's high profile yeah it does make me mad what makes me mad is that you know they they it's all you hear about is what a bunch of ragtag guys they have on the team that Schwartz is out and Fisher's out and this guy's out blah 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 so they haven't given these guys any credit you know this team fourteen and two. And that's with one game from the last game with nobody playing, right? So they won a lot of games. I mean, Schwartz hasn't played since, you know, early in the sixth week. And same with the, the, you know, so all these guys that keep talking about, you know, they haven't been there. So these guys have won a dozen games or more with the crew they have in there right now. So I don't think they give them much respect. And it does aggravate me a little bit when I continually hear about how they've got a bunch of ragtag guys and, and, you know, all the blue chip guys aren't there, and what are we going to do, you know? So these guys have played all year. They're tough guys. They've played really well. You know, you look at all the stats. We've run the ball well. We've protected Mahomes. I mean, the numbers are there. I mean, Mike's numbers are fantastic, maybe his best of all. All his pro football focus ratings are really high this year. And, you know, so anyway, but, it's, you know, it's the storyline. I get it. That's what everybody wants to talk about. So, but, yeah, it does aggravate me a little bit. <laughs> Well, has Mike been starting all these weeks, or just on the right side, or has he gotten a lot of playing time? What's where has he been in all this injury that's been going on the last eight weeks? Well, you know he he's started out playing right guard. You know when he when he first got off the bench early in the season, he went to right guard, and then there was an injury at left guard. He went there, and then there was an injury at right tackle, so then he moved out there, and then he's been at right tackle ever since. But he's been getting. Well, in the fourth. But he's been getting a lot of playing time in these last eight weeks. Yeah, he's played. Oh yeah, he's played a lot. Been playing. Yeah, Mike's been playing. He's been starting uh, since I don't know what what week. He's been starting at right tackle since week six, and he started at right guard and started at left guard also. So yeah, he's got a lot of playing time. It's just the first couple of games of the year where he wasn't playing. Since then, he's been playing all the time. Wally Remmers joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Wally, really appreciate it. I'd like to work back a little bit in our remaining minutes to a big moment you're getting and and a little bit more about the setting down there. Who got to go from your family? We asked Mike about that. I don't know who made the cut. You can tell us here in a moment. but, But your own journey to Oregon State 
Uh, Mike walked on. You came out of uh, the now defunct Jackson High School, did you not, in Portland? That's correct, yeah. Tell us about your journey to the Beavers and, and coming to Oregon State. Were you already a fan? Mike says he's been a Beaver fan his whole life because of you. What about your yeah. own situation? Oh, yeah, no doubt. My dad would have never allowed me to go anywhere but Oregon State. <laughs> My dad was a hardcore Cubs fan and a hardcore Beaver fan, and so we went to all the games and stuff. Or I was, We were all raised Oregon State, so... Yeah, I was there when the Beavers beat USC with the three to nothing. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing Beaver football for a long time. So it was a big deal to go to Oregon State for me and certainly for my family. And so that was uh, definitely the right fit for me at the time coming coming out of Jackson High School. And to play for Sam Bogosian, a legendary coach, uh, Scott Spiegelberg was telling me that that Bogosian loved you, your footwork and so on. What about Sam yeah. to play for him? You know what? I tell people about Sam Bogos, and he was one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. He called me. <laughs> yeah, he was a stickler for everything, but I'll tell you a funny story. My freshman year, they had a, what they called was an optional practice, right? Well, that didn't really mean optional, okay? But I didn't know. So I'm, it's an optional practice. Well, Rod Marin, who was a linebacker at the time, <laughs> We decided to go golfing because it was just an optional practice. So we go golfing. So <laughs> next day we show up for practice, and of course Bogosian comes right down on me. Where the hell were you? Blah, da, 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 da. And I said, well, I thought it was awesome. I went golfing. So he called me Putter from that on. From that day on, my nickname was Putter with him. And, but he did kind of like me, and he wasn't a hard ass with me, but it was actually kind of comical that I was so stupid that I went golfing instead of coming to practice, you know. But he was a great guy. I love Sam Bogosian. He was an incredible coach. You know, when I went there, when D. Andros was there, they had Bogosian, they had Rich Brooks there. I mean, they had outstanding coaches at that time. But, yeah, Bogosian, uh, very, very super nice guy, and I've always had fond memories of him. Yeah, he passed away in February of last year. Outstanding, legendary yeah. coach. Wally, you, you mentioned D. Yeah. You were part of the end of his career, and I just wonder what he meant to you. Yep. If you were, if you were in the stands for the three nothing win on November eleventh of sixty seven over OJ and the Trojans, you know, yep. you know of his legendary status. You played for him. Then you were you were there in the first year of Coach Verdig. But what was it? I mean, did you was D a beloved figure? Did you what kind? What are your thoughts about D? Oh yeah, he was just a big teddy bear, just like your father. Um, he was so passionate about football. He was so loving of his players, so protective of his players. Just, you know, just an inspirational guy. I can see why he had the success he had. But yeah, DeAndro's just, just fantastic. And he surrounded himself with fantastic coaches as well. But yeah, he, I'll never forget the man in the mirror, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody that played for him knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. When Mike had a decision in front of him and he shared. Thoughts with us when we, we he's been so great to us through the years to jump on our show. He said, I wasn't even the best lineman at my own high school, a Jesuit. So, you know, I don't know if <laughs> he's self- yeah, yeah, and he many years saying that's probably true, but his development through the years, he's always, 
He's just kept working and working at his craft. What were your thoughts as he came out and chose to walk on here, whether he had opportunities elsewhere? Did you think that your son, based on how he played a Jesuit, walking on at Oregon State, would be now getting ready to play in his second Super Bowl? <laughs> no, I tried to talk him out of playing college ball, actually, because, you know, Mike was never that hardcore about any of this stuff when he was in high school. So he played sports. He liked playing sports. It was a fun deal, but he wasn't a hardcore jock, you know. And um, I was really surprised when he wanted to talk about playing college football. So I actually tried to talk him out of it. I told him, based on my experiences, that, you know, high school football is really fun. But, you know, college football is not that much fun. I mean, it's a lot, it's a job. And right. I think it's really hard to go to school and have to play football and practice. And I said, why don't you just go down there and be a student and then just play in a mural ball or something? Because he played basketball, too. He's a pretty good basketball player, right? So I kind of tried to talk him out of it. But he, um, surprising to me, after his senior season in basketball, he started hanging out with Owen Marisic, who was the fullback at Jesuit, and ended up going to Stanford. And he started training with Owen. And God, the next thing you know, he was two twenty five. The next thing you know, he was two thirty five, and he was he was really hitting the weights. And I remember he had these big, huge jugs of uh, protein that he was taking constantly, protein, 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 and doing all this powerlifting and everything. And he just started getting bigger and bigger. And he just, God, he just made up his mind he wanted to try to play down there at Oregon State. And so, uh, you know, they gave him an opportunity to come down there. And, uh, you know, he went down there and just worked his butt off and just kept getting bigger and bigger. But there's an interesting story. When he was working out with Maurice, he had a, a personal trainer that Maurice was going to. Well, Mike started going to him as well. And it was probably in about May or June before he went to Oregon State. I get a call from this trainer. I had never met the guy. I'd never gone to the training sessions or anything. And I wish I knew his name, I would tell you. But um, the guy called me and he says, You know, Wally, your son, special. He says, He's got some real talent. I don't know if you know that. But I mean, I think he's got the kind of talent he could possibly play in the NFL someday. And I just poo pooed it thinking the guy was trying to, you know, make me happy. So I kept sending him a payment every week, you know. <laughs> But it turned out he knew more than I did about it. But, no, I never dreamt that he'd be successful in college or anything. And I was really surprised when he, when he decided to go that route. Was there a time, Wally, when you stopped talking to Mike about what you need to do as an old lineman because that's what you played, and then he could tell you, well, this is what we're doing now, Dad? <laughs> I still give him back. I still watch his footwork and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he knows a hell of a lot more about it than I sure do. That, that's for darn sure. But I do notice a few things. And like when he went into left tackle in that uh, fourth quarter of the uh, AFC championship game, if you look at his film, when he goes to the right, he has a false step with his left foot. So, But anyway, I reminded him of that. He was certainly aware of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I watch him, obviously, because I played the line. I know a little bit about it. But it's a different game. It's so much more sophisticated now than when we play. But, uh, you know, some of it's still pretty basic, you know, the footwork and all that and the angles. You know, it's all, all pretty basic stuff. I wonder, though, it's probably a good thing in Mike's case to go in the left side in that situation, but to have two weeks instead of one, right? All those extra reps over there are going to help him, right? Yeah, when I talked to him a couple days ago, um, he said he was really starting to get comfortable. He mm -hmm. said the first few days, you know, it felt a little bit awkward, but he said, you know, it's all coming back to me. And 
he's really confident, so it makes me happy that he's he's feeling good about it. So yeah, the extra time has been really good, and you know, and the fact that he played left guard already this season, and you know, he played a whole season at left tackle before. So I mean, he's been over. He played left tackle for a season in college. It's not like he hasn't played there, right? But, uh, I mean, he is better at the right tackle, frankly. He just he, That's his natural position, but uh, he'll be fine. Wally Remmers has joined us. Last thing, Wally, Mike, we asked Mike what the Super Bowl allotment was going to be. It was a lot larger for Super Bowl 50. So who who got, did every, did everybody get to go to that one in 50? And, and you know, yeah. what, what was the allocation like for Super Bowl 55? Who's, who's down there? Yeah, it, it was a big difference. But when they played with Carolina – he, the team, each player got 16 tickets. And so for this game, he only got six tickets. So my wife is here, and then my son, Vic, and my son, Lee, and myself, and then Mike's wife, Kelly, and his oldest son, Wyatt, uh, are coming down. So the six of us um, have seats. And we have really, they got us fantastic seats and much better quality seats than what we got when we were in Carolina. But then just not the numbers, you know, with the. COVID situation, everything, you know, the reduced amount of people, you know, you can understand it, but we're pleased, and so, you know, we would like to got more tickets, but, you know, it's the way it is, so, but uh, we're down here, and we're having a good time. Wally, we really appreciate you taking time for us. I hope we can do it again down the road. Mike's been great to us through the years. It's such a joy to have watched his career unfold, and we really appreciate you taking time for us. We'll be watching the O-line closer than ever this coming Sunday and, and expect great things from Mike. Thanks for taking time for us, Wally. All right, guys. I'll talk to you later. Go Beavers. Go Beavs. Thank you for that. Wally Remmers, Mike's father, the starting left tackle. He was what very good, story. John. I've yeah. not had him before. When the noise died down, yeah. he was great. Wally Putter Remmers. Hey, Putter, can you imagine Bogosian? I mean, what a what a lesson for Wally. Voluntary work? No. No, they're not. But he didn't know it. Oh, voluntary? Do you feel like practicing? No, let's go golfing. Bogosian. Hey, Putter. <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that would fall into that trap and go, I'd oh, go to the coach. What do you mean? Yeah. You said they're voluntary. Yeah. <laughs> Any of you ever been uh, missed a voluntary workout and understood that maybe an inappropriate term? We've got uh, a caller call after that. a break. We'll take a break and get a, a call or a text in down the stretch on this Friday afternoon on 1240 Joe Radio. Trace comes inside, lays it in, and counts his foul. Your tax and wealth management coaches, Paul Witzke, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry are ready to put you in the game. Perhaps you're looking to save money for your kids' college, start your retirement, or need business coaching. Tax and wealth management has what you need to execute that game plan into a victory. With 40 years in business, tax and wealth management in Corvallis has the strategy you need for tax planning and saving for your financial future. Visit taxandwealthmanagement.com or call 541-753-4185 to get in the game. 
This is Mike Parker for Evenflow Plumbing, your trusted award-winning plumber for the Mid-Valley. Evenflow specializes in complete plumbing and drain cleaning solutions for residential and commercial jobs. They treat your home like it's their home, and their flat rate pricing means no surprises at the end of the job. Evenflow takes pride in doing the job right the first time. Just call 541-738-8853 for all your plumbing needs. When you need a pro, go with the flow. Evenflow Plumbing. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that the one you care about is expecting a thoughtful gift this Valentine's Day and they're ready to help safely deliver them the best arrangement possible. Choose from Stargazer's wide selection of Valentine's Day flower arrangements and they'll safely deliver a beautiful, unique gift right on time so you can show them just how special you'd like them to feel this February 14th. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection of holiday arrangements online at Stargazer Premier Florist Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beavs! Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill has temporarily moved outside. Tommy's has put up a bunch of heaters and has set up outside in their covered patio offering their entire breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu, and a full bar. Also, the video lottery is back on in the bar at Tommy's and available every day. Stop by and support the staff at Tommy's 4th Street Bar and Grill on 4th Street, downtown Corvallis, a local favorite for over 20 years. Wrapping it up, and I'm glad we've got a couple of good friends on the Downward Dog Sports Line. Carol, thank you, and thank you. You're right, Carol, about Kevin and Terry and the good win for the men's soccer team to open their season. Curtis uh, found out the same thing when they said voluntary workout on a Saturday. <laughs> there was a, a revelation about what that I'm really meant. I'm the smart-alecky kid that would say to the coach, then don't call it voluntary if it's not. And thank you for the... Uh, Text Dave about the give and go involving Thompson for the yep. corner three. Beavers are playing well. Tomorrow's a big game. It's unbelievable that Kyle Smith, the three states yeah. I've talked about are the four Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Montana. Pacific North, well, not Pacific, but the Northwest okay. region. All right. 14 and 0. That's pretty good. Has not lost to anybody. He will tomorrow. Okay, that's the big one. 14 and 1. And then Sunday's a big one. We're going to go to Paul and then Dave to close the show. Paul, good afternoon. Hey, good. I'll go quick and get out of Dave's way. <laughs> hey, uh, as far as where the. When I used to have season tickets on the old side up about uh, row 63, section 16, yes. or 15, and the sun always set in September, shining right through the gap between the old side. And the, what do you call the, the north end? The, the Valley? Valley football. Valley. End? Yeah. Right. It, the sun shone right through there. So in September, it was setting in the northwest. So that's where the sun was. So literally, Mike, I think the west 
the west side of the stadium is actually real west. Well, I, I, I just, you know, I, I, Picard, it's not due west. You understand? Northwest. Because, you know, when you look, I mean, you're not looking due west. When you're on the, the new side of the stadium looking across to the press box, are you looking due west? You're looking about maybe five to seven degrees south of due west. Okay. Just a, not much, but okay. a little bit. Okay, I'll accept that, I guess. It just doesn't feel like it to me. When I look at Mary's Peak out of the press box, I'm looking over my left shoulder. Right on, okay. Um, Thanks for the call, Paul. Let's go to Dave down the stretch. Pac-12 views. I'm not sure who... uh, Pac-12 views. Who is this texting us? Somebody's texting us. We'll hope to get a name to it. Pac-12 views, 11... Tie for second. First place in Keith Jackson, the sunset on the San Gabriel. Oh, the views. The, the views, views we were talking about. Tie oh. for second for Oregon State? <laughs> I, I, 11 tie for second in first place. Oh, Keith Jackson, the I sunset on the San Gabriel. So everybody else is in second place. That is gorgeous. No, the Rose Bowl's gorgeous. Yeah. Somehow I don't even think about that being UCLA's home field. That's a weird thing. Uh, I think true. of the Rose Bowl in its own right. But it is a, a spectacular view on a gorgeous day. Let's go to uh, Dave to wrap it up for the week. Dave, good afternoon. Good afternoon, lads, and my appreciation to Paul for giving me a little uh, airtime. And, and I wasn't able to listen all day today, so if this is redundant, my apologies in advance. But it did occur to me, my, we're, uh, it did occur to me, Mike, that every other school in our division has had a major stadium upgrade since we last did with the new side. And I don't think it's a coincidence, Mike, but that the best recent period of football excellence is when that new side of the stadium was there. I, just, I think it helped create a vibe. One can only hope the same is true mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't know if anyone else is, uh, has mentioned that. And, and, and I think most of those programs in the division saw an uptick in their on-field performance along the same lines that Oregon State did 05, 06, 07, all, all through that stretch. Yeah. So uh, although there, there's not a direct link, I don't think it's entirely coincidental either. And so... Uh, looking forward to following the progress of that. You guys are absolutely right. It's great news. Yes, it is indeed. Are, do you, are you pulling for anybody Sunday for any reason? Uh, I'm going to be – I always root for the underdog. Uh, and so uh, – and I, I don't even know who's favored in the game technically, but Tom Brady has won enough. <laughs> I'm, going to be, I'm going to be rooting uh, for uh, Kansas City. Gotcha. Mike Remmers helps, too, a little bit. You'll be watching that numbers. Helps num- that helps a yeah. little bit, too. That's correct. Number 75, the left tackle. Uh, we just talked to his dad. A delightful conversation with Wally having the time of his life and even said, hey, he even tried to talk his son how to play college football. That's funny, and look at him now. Hey, Dave, great to hear from you all week long. I think the over, I th- I'll think i take the over on Oregon State mentions in that game, by the way, just oh, okay. so we have a side bet on that. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll see you guys Tuesday. Okay, thanks a lot. 
Yes, Dave is coming to uh, uh, cut another spot for his Captain new book. Cook. Oh, it's a different book? Yeah. Oh. It's a new one. Oh, okay. I thought it was a new spot for the uh, No, I think book. it's a new book. Oh, that's wow. Out. We're going to find out together come Tuesday. Yeah. That's great. Well, Dave will join us in person in studio. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. It is a uh, busy week coming up for the men's basketball team. Certainly uh, a big game tomorrow. The Beavers have been playing some good basketball. I feel like even with Washington State's recent slump, this is a team that just went down and beat Oregon. They beat Washington by 15. They're, they've got some compelling type players. They might be able to get Noah Williams technicaled out early. Noah has three technicals in his last two games. Really? Yeah, so he, he's a bit of a live wire. We'll see how that goes for him tomorrow. The fans won't be able to get all over him. But I think it's going to be an interesting game and an important one for the Beavs just in terms of their own psyche heading into a three-game road trip next week, Doc, starting Monday. Yeah. So we've got a busy week of Beaver men's basketball next week uh, heading on the road uh, to, yeah, let me Is see. It the Arizona's or Mountain Schools? Well, it's it's Colorado. Well, you're at home anyway. That's yeah, why it you doesn't don't know matter. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I don't look have, at this. Yeah, what do you got? This is exactly what I tried to explain. It's just tilted. No, it is so tilted. So from twelve o'clock tilted to about ten o'clock. Yeah, north. Yeah, is northwest. that something that uh, Dave just? Yeah, someone the, just uh, orange one sent. Just sent, sent us that. Yeah, I mean we're not quite due, is all I'm saying. Right. It's, you know, um, as, east side, west side, just by its convenience rather than putting in a, a directional in it. Two thirty airtime for your game tomorrow. No women's games because of COVID within the Beaver program, and of course the Blazers are. Tomorrow as well, and I can't remember where they are, but they're continuing on on 1340 Clue AM. As far as our programming, it'll be kind of a quiet weekend, uh, save for the Super Bowl on Sunday. The Beavers at Colorado on Monday and then the Arizona schools. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great weekend. Go Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have been favored, but a lot of the line may have shifted a little bit because of the injuries on the O-line. Have a great one. We'll talk Monday on 1240 Joe Radio. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. Yeah.